0: I was reading this week about uh, individuals who have had heart complications, uh, heart disease, and so forth. And uh, the doctors would encourage their patients, they would instruct them that if you want to add some longevity to your life, you need to make some changes in your lifestyle because failing to make changes in your lifestyle with the heart conditions that they were experiencing, their lives would be cut short. So they did a study, and here's what they found out. When people even knew they had the bad heart and so forth, and they knew they needed to make changes in their life so that they could live longer, the report reported that only uh, one out of ten would make a change. Okay? Only one out of 10 would make a change. Well, this morning as we continue our study in 1st Peter, we're in chapter 4, and if you have a copy of God's word with you, go ahead and open it up to 1st Peter chapter 4. Peter talks to us about making change, and change is good. Change is good. And we're going to read about that this morning. In fact, Peter shares with us four changes that should result in your life because of your relationship with Jesus Christ, okay? If you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, here are four changes that should occur in your life, and they come to us in 1 Peter 4, verses 1 through 6. So follow along as we talk about change. Change is good. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. As a result, he who does, who does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, which is living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They think it strange that you do not plunge with them into the same flooded dissipation, and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to men, In regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. Change is good. We're talking about changing this morning. And from this passage of scripture that I just read for you, Peter shares with us four resulting changes that should take place in your life now that you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So let's take a look at those changes that should result in your life because of faith in Christ. So a life devoted to Christ results in change. Change is good. Here are the changes that Peter talks about, or at least kind of alludes to in this particular passage. Change number one is there should be a change in your attitude. There should be a change in your attitude. That's coming from verse 1 there. Peter says, arm yourselves also with the same attitude. Because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. So we are to arm ourselves with a particular attitude. That word that says arm yourselves, of course, is a military term. We need to take up our shield and grab our spear. And we need to be ready to do battle. And what are we going to be doing battle with? Is with sin. So remember, we're supposed to arm ourselves with the same attitude that Christ has. And what is that attitude that Jesus has? What is the attitude that we are to live by? The attitude is this we can beat sin. Okay? We can defeat sin. That is the attitude that is to govern our lives. Let's reflect on Jesus' life. Jesus went to the cross and he died. Why did he go to the cross and die? Well, he went to the cross and died for our sin, correct? He did. He died for sin. But that's not the end of the story. The story gets better. Did Jesus remain dead? No. He came back to life. The resurrection took place. And because of the resurrection, Jesus defeated sin. Sin has no power over Christ because he came back to life. He defeated it. And because we are one with Christ, because we have Christ living in us through faith, we too have that power to be victorious over sin. And so Peter says, when it comes to living for Jesus Christ, we've got to make changes in our way of thinking. Our attitude needs to change. And Peter says, I want you to know the change that needs to take place is that you can beat this thing called sin. We all have to deal with sin, don't we? But we can beat it. We don't have to be a victim. We can beat sin because Jesus Christ, he beat sin. Well, this whole idea of being able to beat sin, to be victorious over sin, uh, this truth is further uh, emphasized and uh, clarified in Romans chapter 6. Verses 11 through 14. So follow along as I read this passage, and you can see that uh, that we can defeat sin. So here's what Romans 6 says. Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin, as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer the parts of your body to Him as instruments of righteousness. Listen up, here we go. For sin shall not be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace." One of the changes that we need to make in our life, now that we are followers of Jesus Christ, is that we need to change our attitude. We can't believe, oh, poor me. We can't believe, oh, the devil made me do it. Okay? We got to take responsibility. And we need to change our thinking. And we need to make it in harmony with what God's word says. And what does God say? God says, You can beat sin. Sin is not your boss. You can make a choice and say, I will not do that. You can make a decision and say, I will not indulge in those things. You can beat sin. You can be victorious. And that is the attitude that we are to arm ourselves with as we live for Jesus Christ. So number one, the number one change that needs to take place in our life is this. I can beat sin. Sin is not my master. Sin is not my boss. And that's how we live. Let's press on here to a second change that should result in your life because of your faith in Jesus Christ. Since you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are to live by a new set of values. With the proper attitude in place, your values are affected. Look with me at verse 2. As a result, it says in verse 2, As a result, meaning, since I am a follow, am following Jesus Christ, I do not live the rest of this earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. So I'm going to ask you a question here. Do you see the transition of values here? Prior to committing one's life to Christ, Your pursuit, your value, that which was important to you, were your own desires. That's what you were after. Okay? Now that you've committed your life to Christ, the will of God becomes your value. See, we have a change in values. And this results when you place your faith in Christ. See, before knowing Jesus as your Savior... The gratification of self was your pursuit. Now that you are a follower of Jesus, you seek to gratify God by submitting to His will. Change is good. In fact, change should result because of your faith in Christ. There should be a change of attitude. And we define that as sin is not my boss. I can say no. And because we have the correct attitude, we learn, second of all, Peter says, our values change. Our values change. We don't live for self anymore. We seek, we seriously strive, we try to live for God. And that is good change that results in our life. There's a third change. Once your values change, your lifestyle also changes. We see that in verse 3. Verse 3 does a good job of describing for us a lifestyle that is apart from Jesus. A lifestyle that is devoid of Jesus Christ. So if Jesus is not in your life, here's what it looks like. Listen as I read verse 3. For you have spent enough time in the past, again it's talking about your B.C., days before Christ, Peter says you've spent enough time serving self, gratifying your own desires, just as the pagans do. And the whole idea of pagans here is just referring to unbelievers. And these unbelievers, here's how they were living. They were living in debauchery. They were engaged in lust and drunkenness and orgies, carousing and detestable idolatry. Okay? Let's spend a few moments here just kind of looking at these words individually. Debauchery um, is defined as indulgence in sensual pleasure. So debauchery ties into the senses of our life. You know, we have our hearing senses, we have our taste, we have our eyes, we have our smell. Okay, Um, Debauchery usually is thinking about, you know, overindulging in alcohol and so forth like that. But you can have debauchery manifested in other ways. So, when it comes to the senses, our eyes, if somebody is hooked on pornography, we have debauchery taking place, okay? It could even happen with food. You know, if you have somebody who's eating you know, two boxes of uh, Krispy Kreme donuts, you know, every morning and every night, you know, we got somebody that's engaged in debauchery. So, we have somebody that is just overworking the senses, really indulging the senses. And so, that becomes debauchery. The second word that is used in this list here in verse 3 is lust, and uh, that is referring to evil desire. Uh, Remember, we all have desires, and we do have passions. That's the way we were created. But when we take and twist those desires and put maybe a perverted twist on them or even an evil twist on them, you know, that becomes lust, which is unhealthy, all right? Again, it's focusing on self. Remember, gratification of self. Then we have drunkenness, all right? And and drunkenness is talking about intoxication. And the words that we use is that guy was wasted, okay? Or that guy was hammered, okay? Uh, Those are things not to applaud, all right? Then it talks about orgies. And uh, orgies here is the whole idea of parties, okay? Crazy wild parties, that's what the whole idea of orgery orgies talks about. and then carousing, carousing. here's what I uh, picked up. I'm just going to give you a word picture for carousing and uh, not, not, I'm not going'm picking on I'm not picking on you uh men who served in our our armed forces, but this is how they described it. A noisy crowd of intoxicated sailors, okay. All right so, so the whole end picture is again, they're wasted, and they're walking down the street and they're singing at the top of their voices, and they're hollering and they're uh doing whatever you know it's just it's obnoxious, that's carousing that's the whole idea, okay, and then lastly, we have the detestable idolatry, detestable idolatry, and uh it's kind of interesting how this list ends up with idolatry, and here let me walk you through it, okay. So we, start, we have this debauchery going on, we have lust, we have dar- drunkenness, we have wild parties, you know, and then they're, they're wasted and they're screaming and singing and hollering. What is the focus on in that situation? I mean, when they're drunk and all this stuff, they're focusing on the self, aren't they? Their, their pleasures, their desires have been manifested and pursued. Guess what is one of the worst idols in God's eyes? When we become God, okay? When we worship ourselves, when we serve ourself, that is detestable idolatry. So we move from the service of self to where Peter wraps it up and says, man, this is detestable idolatry. So anyhow, we're back to good changes, okay? we got a great, great picture of what it looks like to keep Jesus Christ out of our life, all right? Peter says, if Jesus Christ is in your life, your lifestyle will not be like this. You're going to make changes in your lifestyle. And remember, change is good, okay? Change is good. Pressing on here with our passage, we come to our fourth change there will probably be a change in friendships. There will probably be a change in friendships. Look with me at verse 4. Why will there be a change in friendships? Well, f- verse 4 explains that they think, and it's referring to your friends, they think it's strange that you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation. And as a result, they heap abuse on you. Okay. Change is good. You have made lifestyle changes, okay? You used to live for the weekend so that you could party, party, party. But Christ has come into your life, and you have changed, and you don't do that anymore. And your old buddies are saying, hey, man, you're no fun anymore. You know, lighten up. Since you've got this religion stuff, you know, you're boring, and on and on and on it goes, okay? But that is a good change. That should result because of your faith in Jesus Christ. Well, the changing of friendships is a natural occurrence when you pursue the will of God. The reason for the change is because, first of all, your attitude about sin has changed. Okay, we're back to number one. Your attitude about sin has changed. You've determined, I'm not going to let sin be the boss of me. But your friends... They have not changed, right? Sin is still their pursuit. Your values have changed. Instead of living for self and your pleasure, you're saying, I want to live for Jesus Christ, my Savior. Guess what about your buddies and friends? Their their values haven't changed. Your lifestyle has changed since you followed Jesus Christ. But your buddies, they still do the same things that they used to do. Naturally, your friendships change. Now that's good. Change is good. Uh, Just a little plug here. I'm not saying that we need to sever all ties with our friendships. What I would like to say and encourage you is remember... God has brought change into your life so that you can model that change to them with the hopes that one day they say, you know what, I need what you got. And then their attitude changes, their values change, their lifestyles change, and they become one of your best friends because you are in harmony because of your faith and commitment to Jesus Christ. It's cool. Well, anyhow, that comes to the end this morning. We're talking about change. Change is good. In light of what we've just talked about this morning, I want to ask you a question. Are you changing? Are you changing? Your attitude about sin, is that changed? I mean, remember, sin is not your boss. Because of your relationship with Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit within you, and God has equipped you, okay? Hear me now. He has equipped you to say no to sin. So you can. You don't have to be the victim. You don't have to live a life of defeat. You can overcome. In addition to your attitude, how about your values? Has your values changed? I mean, are you more caught up in the pursuit of yourself? Like, oh, this is what I want. I don't care what others think. I'm going for it. Or is your values wait a minute i gotta honor god with my life i belong to him and then your lifestyle is your lifestyle changed or do we see questionable things taking place in your life have you changed change is good but have you changed if you haven't changed, maybe you don't even know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're here, but you're just playing a game. You just kind of like church. You like the whole idea of religion and stuff. That's a shell. It's not going to affect you internally. So if you're still pursuing the old lifestyle through the weekend, showing up church on sunday morning but there's been no change well maybe maybe you haven't really got serious with jesus christ okay and i I let me just encourage you i'm kind of challenging you yeah sure this is important stuff it really is so maybe you're not a follower of jesus christ uh, but we can do something about that god is always available and he is waiting to embrace you and bring you into his family and make a change in your life he does he wants to so desperately so talk to me if you're not sure about your salvation. Uh, so the first reason there's no change might be that you have not crossed that line and placed your faith in Jesus. A second thing is uh, immaturity. Okay, You are a child of God. Your faith commitment to Jesus Christ is authentic and real. But instead of growing through discipleship, we talked about that earlier, where you move from point A to point B in your life, from point B to point C, which is growth. If you're not, you're stuck in one of these things, okay? spiritually speaking. It's time for a change. It's time for a change. It's called immaturity. And the cause of immaturity, here's the cause. It's called idolatry. How did we define idolatry, especially Um, when we talked about those vices? Idolatry is simply being wrapped up in self and pursuing and gratifying the desires that you have rather than pursuing God. It's called idolatry. And when we pursue those things, those passions, those desires, those, those things of the flesh, we stay as babies. We continue to wear this spiritually. So let me encourage you to examine your life. Where are you at today? Are you changing? Remember, change is good. To change, we confess, hey, Lord, I'm stuck. Or, hey, Lord, I don't know you. And then repent. Lord, I know I need to get away from that stuff. I need to get better friends. I need to vow with uh, my my accountability partner or my best friend and say, hey, keep me accountable. I don't want to do these things. I want to repent of that, and I want to change because change is good. Are you changing? Well, really, each and every one of us, including the pastor, should be in a state of change because we are not perfect, are we? Let's change together. Let's pray. Lord, thanks again for the challenge of being in that state of changing. Lord, you want us to become more like your son, Jesus Christ. You want us to be that sculpture where we file and chip off the pointed ends, the jagged ends, so that the true picture can be revealed. And Lord, you don't ask us to do this all by ourselves, by just pure determination. Lord, you have given us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has given us everything that we need for godliness. May we tap into those resources that you've made available to us and may we change because change is good. And we pray all this... In our Savior's name, amen.